The Pasuk says, When you uh, are cutting and bringing in the wheat that you have, a person should not cut off the corner. Don't end off, take all the bit in the corner for yourself. There's certain elements of the Sadeh that a person has to leave. If you forgot something behind, a little amount, uh, and, and he realizes afterwards that he forgot, he shouldn't go back and take it. Rather, he should leave it for the Aniim. Today's breakfast, sorry, is sponsored in loving memory of uh, her brothers, Abraham and Victor Megadish, Aleim Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Abraham Ben Huta, and Victor Ben Huta, sponsored by, the sis- by their sister, Tamar Megadish. Breakfast is also sponsored by Jacob Fetusi in honor of Haim Eisenstadt and wishing Haim and the entire Kahal Hatzlacha. Hazaku Baruch. So, this mitzvah of Leket, Shikha, Pe'ah, all these mitzvot that a person gives uh, to, um, to the Kohen. They are, they're fascinating to the, to the Ani, they're fascinating in and of themselves. But I, I want to focus on one Gemara with you, which I think brings out a magnificent point about why this Pasuk follows up after this idea of the Kiddushah, of Nekdashti B'toch B'nei Yisrael, where we talked about the, the Kiddushah Hashem. What, what what's so special about this mitzvah of Leket, Shikha, and Peah? So I want to quote you a Gemara. The Gemara is on Abu Dazara on page Yud Zayin. Let me read you the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanan. Went to the house of Rabbi Yossi Bakisma because he was very ill. This is one of the ten Sadiqim that they killed, Romans killed in the time of Rabbi Akiva. He said, My brother, he's on his deathbed. Hani, he tells his, his good friend, he says, my, my friend, my brother, my son, you know, Hanina, don't you know these Romaim, these Romans, they were put here, God clearly has them here because there's some sort of punishment that needs to be fixed or rectified. Uh, the, these people, they destroyed our Beit HaMikdash, they burnt the Hechal, they killed so many people, you know, they ruined the best of our people, the Adaini Kayemet, and still the Romans are around. That means that these people, it's not like a mistake that they happen to be here. And yet, even though it's a sign of punishment from Shamaim, and I, I hear about you, you sit and learn Torah, and you gather groups publicly in the, in the public eye, and you're holding the Sefer Torah in your arm, and you sit and you doresh and you teach. How could you do such a thing? Don't you know that they're going to kill you, that they're going to destroy you, that they're going to burn you, that they're going to ruin, the t- they're going to take the Torah? Tama'ani, he says, I would not be, I would be, wouldn't be surprised if they do not burn you and the Sefer Torah in fire. And that is exactly, actually what happened. What does he answer back? He says to him, Amalo, Rabbi Haninas says to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi, he says, look, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, I have to get Olam Abba. I need to, uh, I need to sort things out. I need to make sure that I'm okay. I know you're going now, but what can I do in order to make sure that I'm okay? And he says as follows, listen to this. This is a man who's risking his life, who Rabbi Yossi says to him, I think probably your end is going to be a terrible, horrific end at the hands of the Romans because you're being Moshe and Efesh for the Torah. Rabbi Yossi says to him, Have you ever done anything good that maybe you should earn a lama with? This is the same conversation. He's telling him that he's risking his life. In fact, 
I, we didn't bring the whole Gemara over here. He, he said, Rabbi Hanina says to him, you know what, you know, they'll have, may, may heaven have mercy on me. So he says to him, I'm telling you, I'm telling you words that actually make sense. And you're telling me this, this silliness, you know, from heaven they're going to forgive me, they'll have mercy on me. You do it, you're bringing this on yourself. So he, he, he knows, Rabbi Hanina knows, it might cost him his life. And he's doing it anyway. Could you imagine a greater misvah than that? And yet, when he asks if he's going to have a portion of Olam Abba, Rabbi Yossi says, was there ever a case? Did you ever do something to earn Olam Abba? Listen to what he says. He says, Purim. One time, I had the money for Purim. I was a Gabay Tzedakah. I collected money for Tzedakah. I had the money of Purim in one pocket. But they got mixed up with the other monies that I had. So my money was in one pocket. In the other money was in the other pocket was the other money that I had to give for the Aniim. And you know what? Because it got mixed up, I could have maybe taken it for myself. I could have decided. I said, you know what? I don't want to even make, make a mistake. I took money that for sure was also mine and I gave it out to the Aniim. In the end, I found out as well that it was mine. I didn't take it back. Rabbi Yossi says, wow. Im can, if there's $50 in your pocket that you could have been yours and instead you gave it to that car. From your chilek, I, I wish I had. From your destiny, but I should be my destiny. On the one hand, the guy is willing to give up everything to teach Torah. And he's sitting there, he's risking his life. And yet Rabbi Yossi says, you know what? I wish, you know, do you have anything? And he pulls out this little mitzvah about the $50. And he says, oh, for sure, now you have Gan Eden. What's going on? This question is asked by the Sefer Meir Derech, and he brings amazing answer. Harambam says in the Pirusha Mishnayot, something we've quoted before, he says, on the words that we say in Tefillah, Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha Omer, Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Lezakot Yisrael. Hashem wanted to give the Jewish people merits. He wanted them to win. He wanted them to achieve. Therefore, he gave them many Torah mitzvot. The famous question is asked. You want the Jewish people to have a zikhut, to get it done right, to come out uh, like great people? Give them one mitzvah. One. And please, dachilak, if you're going to give us one, let it not be lashon hara. Like, you know, give us an easy one. You know, shake lulav one time in your life. Then you give you one mitzvah, chalas, you fulfill the mitzvah. Say the Sifarim, say the Harambam, Pirusha Mishnayot. Why did he do this? One of the, the basics in understanding emuna, faith in God, is to know that when a person fulfills one mitzvah of the 630 mitzvot, according to the way it's supposed to be, and appropriately, and there's no other intention whatsoever, not honor, not to feel good, not because it makes him happy, not because he feels like he's a big, like he feels a sense of power because he helped somebody out. No reason. He does it for the sake of heaven, with love. You marry Olam One mitzvah that you do with no ulterior motive whatsoever, 
gets you a place in Olam Haba. Unbelievable. This is the words of Pirush Ramam. Therefore, says Harambam, God gave you so many mitzvot that maybe you'll stumble across one of them that you did perfectly. If you did that, therefore, the mitzvah of leket, shikha, the mitzvah of pe'ah, those mitzvot are easy to do in the best possible way. Why? Leket, shikha, means you forgot bechlal that you even, you didn't even realize. Now you're home, you remember that there's one stalk of wheat back in the field. You just say, you know what, Hajj, I'll leave it for the Ani. One, it's one, but it's nothing. The pe'ah, the guy, he's collecting, he just collected his whole field. He's got all the money in his hand. Imagine you just got paid in cash. Stack of bills like this. All of a sudden, Ani comes, he asks you, it's easy to take one out of a whole stack because you see it right in front of you. When a person has pe'ah, leket, they just collected their whole field. So just give a tiny bit in the corner. It's a very easy thing to do. After it's in your bank account, after it's not in front of you, someone wants you to swipe your card, that's difficult. Because you don't see how much you have to be able to give to somebody else. Those mitzvot are easy to do in the easiest and the best and the most appropriate way. Says the sefer me'iyaderech, unbelievable. He says, even though the mitzvah of teaching Torah berabim, risking your life, it was the most unbelievable mitzvah. But you know it, it's public. People might be saying to, you know, to him, wow, unbelievable what you're doing. Look at the job. Da, 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 da. I remember one time, uh, some people, every time I hear people tell, oh, Rabbi, you're doing nice, you're doing such a good job. I remember there was a, my rabbis told me about a certain rabbi that anytime they would give him a compliment, he would tell them very sternly, he would say, stop stealing my olam haba. So I, I thought always it was a bit of a joke, you know. But this is what he meant. You keep coming, you keep saying how good, he, how good he's doing. What does he start feeling? You know, if I give the class really well, if I make sure to take care of everybody in the shul really well, then you know what, then maybe it'll honor, maybe a little bit of, you know, maybe this, maybe it will benefit me in the long run. When a person is operating from that space in his head and he's trying to get all those things, so he's saying to himself and to God and to the world, I'm doing it for this. Do you hear that? Says Rabbi Hanina, says Rabbi Hanina to Rabbi Kisma, he says, do I have a portion of Olam Abba? I know I did Torah Barabim, but Rabbi Hanina was the one that asked the question. From the fact that in this conversation, Rabbi Hanina ben Tiradion was asking Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, he was saying, do I have a portion in the world to come? Just after we talked about how you're probably going to die. Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma understood that Rabbi Hanina was unable to say with absolute definitive clarity that there was nothing else mixed into that mitzvah. If so, Rabbi Yosef says to him, is there anything? Did you ever do one thing? One thing perfect. Did that ever happen? And if it did, then I understand that that's your ticket in. Rabbi Tai, I saw from this something very powerful. Never mind just as a ticket into Gan Eden, but I see over from here that there's a, a, a preference in a mitzvah which is smaller, quote-unquote, that is done perfectly, to a mitzvah which is bigger, that is done imperfectly. It should be our attempt, it should be our focus, to be able to try and find a mitzvah, one even, that a person could do absolutely, that nobody needs to know about, in absolute quiet, silence, no one finds out. You know what, Rabbi Hanina, you're sitting by yourself, no one knows that you have money in this pocket, you put money in this pocket. 
No one would obligate you to do that. No one, no one finds that there's no fanfare. You didn't stand up and make a donation with your hand up. There's no plaque on your name. You just did it between yourself and somebody else. The only reason why I even know about it is because I asked you this question on my deathbed. He knows Rabbi Yossi Ben Kisma is not going to announce it anywhere. He's about to pass away. If that's the case, then a person not only has a ticket to Gan Eden, but they know that they're doing mitzvot for the right reasons. Rabotai, one of the beautiful things about doing mitzvot lishma is that it's like the measles, unfortunately. It's highly contagious. You do one mitzvah for the right reason, it's like a rush. It feels so good to know that you didn't do it for anybody else. It was only for you. It was only because it was right. Once you've done that once, the taste of doing a mitzvah properly, even one time, will allow a person to go from there to, 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 to another, from that mitzvah to a third, will allow him to be able to grow in his mitzvot and ma'asim only for the sake of heaven. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen. Rabbi